Spotlighting Hawaii's leaders. We want to bring in Governor David Ige. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Lieutenant Governor, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Mayor Derek Kawakami. Thank you so much, uh, Senator, for being here. Spotlighting the issues. Where is the virus right now in our community? How much is this overall going to cost the state? How are you responding to the community's concerns? Talk about the level of citations that you guys are writing. Spotlight Hawaii with Yanji Denise and Ryan Kalei Suji on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Shamanad University. Well, happy Aloha Friday. Thanks so much for tuning in here on uh, Friday, uh, September 24th. I'm Ryan Kalei joined by Yanji Denise. And uh, we are going to be traveling to the island of Maui today, Yanji, to, be, uh, to feature our conversation here this morning. That's right. Joining us from his office there is Maui Mayor Mike Victorino. We're so happy to have you with us, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. And it seems as and I think the mayor is muted, but we're going to try to unmute there. <laughs> okay, good morning to you and everyone out there. I'm so sorry. No, not at all. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, aloha and good morning. Let's talk about where the county is right now in terms of COVID. Statewide uh, today, it was reported 403 cases and sadly nine deaths. Uh, how are things going in your county? Well, we've seen a real good plateau. Um, um, early, the, early in the month, we were up to about 95, 96 cases per day on a rolling average of se uh, seven-day rolling average. Right now, this morning, I, I calculated we'd be at 42 or 43. You know, I haven't got the final number. And so um, we've reduced that by almost half. And we're really feeling that we've got it much better under control. Our hospital is not being taxed at this time. Uh, the, the, the caseloads in our hospital and other medical areas has dropped quite substantially. And um, like the rest of the state, we've hit that plateau. Now we're going to need to see the decrease. But I want to thank the people of Maui County and the state for all they've done to make sure this happened. Because if you don't really follow the mandates and follow our restrictions and, and many of the uh, protocols put in place, we, still, we would still have much higher numbers than we have right now. One of the things that we saw with the island of Maui was the vaccination rate being a little behind from the rest of the state. Uh, when you look at just your island alone, what can you tell us about the vaccination efforts happening right now? Where you folks are at in the total number of vaccinations that are um, being handed out right now? And if that has had any significant impact in what you're seeing overall? Every other day I meet with the leadership uh, across the county. Uh, when I say leadership, I'm talking police, airports. Uh, the National Guard, uh, our emergency uh, management group, and we discuss these issues. And we've seen an increase, uh, uptick in um, vaccinations throughout the county over the last two or three weeks. And when you look at what eligible population has been vaccinated, now I'm talking eligible, not total population, uh, like many other counties, we stand around 80% with first dose, around 66% uh, total. Now that's eligible, I'm using the word eligible. If you're talking total population, we're still at 60% total and about 77% uh, first dose administered. So we're not in a bad place, but we do have a strong group of un or people who don't wanna get vaccinated. They're very vocal. Uh, this group is about as vocal as the ones in Oahu, as you've seen. And, and it's difficult to deal with because 
they really feel we cannot, should not tell them or mandate that they get vaccinated. But we all know by science, by science itself, that those who are vaccinated gets less sick, never, normally doesn't need any hospitalization or very little chance of hospitalization. And that is extremely low in that rate when you are vaccinated versus unvaccinated. So, I mean, the science speaks to it, but uh, it's really difficult when people don't believe in it. You know, one of the things that you've implemented to try to encourage people to get vaccinated is certain restrictions like vaccine mandates when it comes to, uh, or vaccine verification mandates rather, when it comes to engaging in different activities like going out to eat in a restaurant. Tell us a little bit about the Safer Outside program and, and how that's being received right now. The Safer Outside program was really with the concept in mind that if you're outdoors, you're usually safer than being in indoors where air conditioning and other um, aspects of enclosed environments could spread the virus quite quickly. Um, all of our restaurants are at 50%. That's what the governor allowed us to keep the capacity at. And having vaccination cards now or being totally vaccinated allows you the opportunity to sit in the restaurant if you don't have or you're unvaccinated or you haven't uh, fully completed your vaccinations, there's other options like sitting outside if outside dining is available and or takeout. So we're not saying you can't eat. It's just a little different variant of what I call safer outdoors. Other activities, uh, we cut down crowds, but we're going to be looking at uh, maybe some changes if the numbers stay this level for sports like parents are asking can we watch our children if we're outdoors physically distant and wearing masks i'm saying that's not a bad idea so on september 30th i will be trying to make a uh calculated decision in that area <coughs> excuse me one of the other uh, areas that uh, we saw here in oahu or something that we just saw a few days ago was honolulu mayor Mick Blangiardi uh, extending those restrictions for another four weeks uh, with what he has established here uh, on Oahu. It, how long do you foresee uh, the restrictions holding in, in your county and how much longer do you think you'll need to be, keep them in place? Well, we, we were originally looking at 30 to 45 days. Uh, so starting from September 15, uh, if you're going 45 days, you're probably talking just around Halloween. Um, but our numbers, when we originally discussed this, our numbers were running quite high in the early part of September, but we've seen again, the decrease and the leveling off. So I wanna watch for the next uh, week or so. Um, the 30th is like a week off. And if the numbers continue to stay where they are or continue to trend down, our hospital hospitalization, especially ICU um, beds are not being taxed. If our positivity rate, which is one of the lowest in the state, continues to, continues to drop, and our medical staff and medical facilities feel comfortable, I will look to open up and, and maybe let the children have their parents there with masks and physical distancing, enjoying practices and games. Other areas with restaurants, I will ask the governor for maybe expansion, going to 75%. But I don't want to say what we will do until I get a better feel on the numbers and where we are in a week. 
You know, one of the things that you laid out early on uh, in the pandemic when we were having all the tourists coming back to our islands, there were a lot of people who were really feeling overwhelmed. And one of the things you called for was perhaps doing some restricting on the flights just because the influx was so strong. Obviously, we've seen a drop in tourism, but tell us about how that is, what how that's going with, uh, you know, with Maui right now. And also, you know, if the numbers do continue to trend down, we do expect a holiday rush. What are you doing in advance of that? Well, let's start with the numbers. Uh, we have seen a fairly large drop off as far as the visitors coming. Lots of cancellations. I think when the governor and we were at the peak of our uh, new surge with the Delta variant, many people took it upon themselves or heard us, uh, uh, our, the government officials saying, please, this is not the time to come. The pandemic is really uh, heavy here in the in the state of Hawaii and the county of Maui. Um, since then, that has all changed. And so we need to look at whatever messaging we need to change to say it's safer again. And if it's safer, let's make sure we keep it safer. Uh, the pre-test and all that still needs to be or fully vaccinated. Uh, the Safe Travels program hasn't changed dramatically if you're talking Trans-Pacific. As far as uh, the holiday uptake, uh, from what I'm getting from many of our resorts and large uh, hotels, that the uptake is really not that considerable. I mean, we're not looking at what ha we had um, in 2019. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we're putting into place mandates and, and other um, policies for usage of our parks, parking lots, uh, you know, our parking, like what you guys do at Hanama Bay, having some of them where you pay to get in, our visitors, our locals would be free, you know, things like that. We've we've putting a plan together so that we have much more manageable of our resources, our beaches, our, our our public parks, but most importantly, making sure that we love what Hawaiian has done and we're encouraging others and including ourselves, having information, educating the public to say Hawaii is not just a destination, it is a home to many people, a culture that you will not find anywhere else in the world. And so we need you to understand it, respect it, and enjoy it, or we'll lose it very quickly. How do you address the concerns of residents who feel that they are being mistreated or treated uh, unfairly because uh, of the restrictions that are in place right now? And uh, some of the visitors that come maybe don't follow those restrictions, are gathering in uh, larger group sizes, and are not following the rules. You know, we, we were seeing just this disconnect and this contention growing between residents and visitors. Uh, as the mayor of your island, how are you helping to alleviate some of those concerns that residents have feeling like they are not treated as maybe adequate or as fairly as, as what is being required of tourists? Well, we require the same uh, policies with the tourists as well as our residents. Now, commercially conducted events such as luau's and, and, and other programs which have strict protocols in place and they have all the sanitation, physical distancing, wearing of masks, you know, all the mandates that we've talked about and they are commercially uh, monitored and we watch very carefully. The businesses themselves have done a very good job in making sure that their guests and employees are safe. And so we feel fairly confident that they're doing the right things Unfortunately, when you have something in grandma's backyard or uncle's uh, house, you know, who monitors that? 
Who's going to tell uncle to wear his mask? Who's going to tell uh, auntie that, oh, she cannot uh, hug and kiss? You know, th these are the challenges because when you're talking professional, um, they are monitored. They are, they are being checked constantly. Temperature checks, uh, vaccination, many programs now, many of the uh, groups that are coming in are either 100% or close to 100% vaccinated. So there's a lot of protocols put in place to protect not only the visitor, but the workers and the associates that deal with them. So it's a real, it's like trying to compare apples and oranges. It's difficult. And yet I know people say, well, Mayor, you let them do it. Why do you let us do it? Well, if you could, and they have come, some people have done personal weddings and have showed me their setup and showed me their proper, you know, the proper protocols and safety features and their professional wedding uh, coordinators handling it. I've approved it. So it's not that I'm not trying to help our residents, but there's two different dichotomies and I'm trying to utilize the fact that I'm trying to be as fair as possible with everyone. Our, our children want to play sports. I have not canceled sports. I stopped spectators because I was concerned. Because spectators are not just parents. Many times it's us grandparents who want to come and watch. And we're so vulnerable yet. And so it's dangerous to open up to big crowds. And people have assured me that they wouldn't get together. But I can tell you on weekends when I go driving around to many parks, I see groups getting together. Sometimes I, I, I call them out on it. Sometimes I have the parks go in, the park rangers, to say, hey, you can't do this. But they all tell me they're going to follow the protocols. And when I arrive or I get pictures, they're not. So I got to be honest with you. We're trying to balance it. And I want the residents to understand their well-being and safety is so important. It is the priority in this whole, in this pandemic. You know, on the subject of safety, some people uh, like Marie here says that they need to do pre and post uh, tourists with a quarantine. She's talking about testing. Too much virus is flying in and too many fake cards. The governor has said on this program that post-arrival testing for tourists is just an impossibility because the state doesn't have the capacity to process all of those tests. But do you think that safe travels should add back the uh, pre-travel test requirement uh, to try to limit some of the cases that are coming in, even though they are, according to the Department of Health, very small at this point? Well, the pre-test, I think, is still being administered for those who are not fully vaccinated. The CDC has said that if you're fully vaccinated, you do not have to get a test. So you, we have this conflict between what the feds are saying and what we would like to do as a state. And there's some constitutionalities or some, some, some um, challenges in that area, according to the AG. Um, we also looked at the fact that post-tests, we did that. Remember, we had a whole month, we did over 100,000 uh, post-tests and found like less than a half a less than half of a half a percent of positive cases. Now we understand also a lot of this is because residents have been returning from trips to the mainland, taking their kids to college, going to Vegas, wherever they're going, and a lot of the uh, uh, cases have been derived from residents returning. Also, I mean, a post test got to be for everybody. How do you manage that? I mean, you're going to have a long lines at the airport, which we all understood. We try to manage through that. We're going to have people who are vaccinated and saying, hey, CDC said we don't have to. Why are you trying to make us doing that? There's a number of things that makes it very difficult. Uh, and so for us, we're just trying to figure out the best way we can keep the county safe and making sure that our associates and our residents who are dealing with the visitor are protected. If they're vaccinated, 
the chance of them getting sick is a lot less than if they're not vaccinated. With, uh, as you mentioned earlier, with so many uh, people in the community still hesitant about getting the vaccine or with many people just saying that they simply do not want it. We also know that Maui County has also put in some of these restrictions, uh, especially for those who work in certain areas of government. Uh, we have seen uh, protests that have been happening outside the offices there on, on at your office uh, on the island of Maui. Uh, how are you managing the you know, the pushback, if you will, by those who feel like they should not be mandated to get this vaccine and want to continue working? And, and how do you find that balance with their argument that it isn't something that the government should be forcing them to do? Well, like I mentioned earlier, of the eligible um, population that can get vaccinated, almost 81% have completed or has at least taken one dose. That's a large percentage of our population. If you do the math, the eligible side, the uh, the side that is not being vaccinated and is eligible, that's not just a large group of people like you're talking. But my answer to you would be this, and to them would be this. Remember what you do. It's it's almost like secondary hand smoke. You know, we've banned smoking all over. I mean, smokers are almost a second class citizen, right? You got to go outside. You got to go 20 feet away from a building. You can't smoke indoors. You got to smoke only in areas that are designated, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this, this is a silent killer called COVID-19. The Delta variant is a hunter. It gets out there and it preys upon those who are not vaccinated or those who are very vulnerable. And especially those who are not vaccinated are really vulnerable. And so why not? Unless you have a health issue, your doctor recommends you don't get it, and or you have religious re um, reasons, I, I think everybody should get vaccinated. We got vaccinated for polio, for, for all these other diseases, smallpox, all these, when we were growing up, there were, and even today, let's be honest, your children to go to school for certain ages have to get all their vaccinations in line or they're not allowed to go to school. So what's the difference here? I want to bring back uh, the, the point that you made about people who are returning residents and a lot of those folks mm -hmm. potentially bringing the virus in. Uh, those who are not vaccinated can elect to quarantine. Kara has a question. She says hundreds of people in quarantine, but who is enforcing it? Um, I don't know that Maui County or any of the counties, frankly, have the manpower to do all the follow-up checks that would be necessary to enforce quarantine. One of the things that uh, your counterpart on Hawaii Island has suggested, Mayor Mitch Roth has suggested that they publish the names of people who have elected to be in quarantine so that there is some social pressure for them to actually abide by the quarantine. What do you think of that idea? Well, I'm concerned that if you make a mistake, then you stigmatize somebody who may be innocent, okay, who may be vaccinated, who may have gotten one dose and is ready to get their second dose. There's a number of reasons that I'm concerned when we start publicizing names of people that uh, should be quarantined uh, and their families could be stigmatized. I had cases here where certain housing areas uh, here in Maui County had large outbreaks and then employers were not letting people that lived in that, in that housing come back to work even though they were vaccinated, even though they were uh, test, uh, test negative, they weren't allowed, they weren't, employers weren't allowing them to come back to work. So I'm concerned with that. I think it's a good idea that we know about it. And our law enforcement has tried their very best to do that. Uh, but it's really difficult because these are residents 
in some sense, I, I would say they're a little selfish because they know they're supposed to be quarantined, and yet they get out there and they, they skate the rules, if you want to use that term, and they just go about life knowing that they can infect others, especially our vulnerable community. I want to switch gears if we can and talk a little bit more. Uh, talk about uh, the Amala uh, homeless encampment that is happening right now. There's the efforts that your administration is taking to take care of that and what's happening down in that area. What can you? Uh, what information and update can you provide us about what's happening uh, with that homeless encampment and what your administration is doing right now about that? Well, this uh, this whole issue has been coming for a long time. Um, and actually, we started six, seven weeks ago with outreach, trying to help the uh, occupiers of that area to ascertain what we call safe and clean housing or units to uh, make sure that we take care of our needy. We've done this in other parts of our community and not had as much challenges as we had there. The challenge we had, it was not only a bird sanctuary and a wildlife sanctuary, but our wastewater, our only wastewater treatment plant for central Maui is located. And some of the uh, occupants had blocked uh, access to these emergency services that if a alarm went off, our personnel couldn't get in. And when and they would block the roads with derelict cars. And there were some other issues. So it became an environmental issue. And we were afraid if there was an emergency and they couldn't get in, uh, a spill could not only hurt the, the uh, occupants of that area, but really hurt the community, our ocean. And that's something we could no longer uh, wait on. So we spent over six weeks getting ready. Uh, Maud Cummings and uh, Family Life Center, uh, Kahali Akeola, other agencies were down there doing their best to help the people find shelters. And the vast majority were able to get shelters at these different facilities that I mentioned earlier. Some decided to move on, some moved in with families. And so as of today, the last count I got, there were just five occupants that were still left down there that had moved to private property, but the property owner had given them to four o'clock this afternoon to move off. And so we are still working at that. We've cleaned up the area. You see in some of the pictures of nannies and other birds walking the roadways now. Uh, and not when we have found dead ones on the side of the road. And so I, I feel that we've done all what we could to make sure that these occupants had some safe and clean units to move to so that they would not have to live on the street as they have. Yeah, I want to follow up on that. The ACLU has said that there's simply not enough shelter beds for the folks that are being displaced by that. Are there enough places for the homeless to go on Maui um, now that they're being moved out of that area? There were, most of them would have gotten a place. In fact, some refused because we had uh, eight, seven or eight units in Lahaina, but they said it's too far away. They didn't want to go out to Lahaina. Well, when I said we have units on Maui, I meant Maui, Maui Island. Yes, you know, I know it's a little ways off, but we have units available all over the island. And I mean, well, not all over, but in Lahaina and in central Maui. And so we have units available right now for them if they're, they, they want to move. So uh, the ACLU, I respect them. I think they do a great job. But we've followed all the protocols. We've been very compassionate. I met with the residents. I tried to you know, do what I could. And my wife and I actually met with the people there and, and tried to do what we could to help them, to 
to assure them that we would do it in a compassionate way, and we did. I have no regrets. We tried our best, and I believe the overall results are going to prove that we did a good job. Our time is wrapping up here. A half an hour goes by so quickly. But before we let you go, we just wanted to allow you uh, for some final thoughts. And also, if you might provide us an update from uh, you know what's happening on Lanai and Molokai as well and the efforts that are happening there to protect those communities. But uh, your final thoughts as we close out here on this Aloha Friday. Well, let's start with your last question about Lanai and Molokai. Lanai has been fairly, and Lakana has had very few cases over the last uh, 30 to 45 days. Un unfortunately, Molokai has had a little of what I call a little outbreak. Um, they had uh, three today. I think they had seven yesterday. So they've had an uptick. And um, I've asked the residents to please consider, um, you know, safer at home instead of being out and, and partying. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the get-togethers on Molokai. There's not a lot of other events uh, other than uh, school and or um, private events, right? Uh, you know, you don't have a lot of visitors there on that island. And so, you know, we're asking the residents to please consider their behavior and, and help us uh, uh, and try to keep them safe. I see Maui County along with the rest of the state with a plateau right now. I think you've heard that from Lieutenant Governor Green and other um, health officials. But like Dr. Char has said uh, on numerous occasions, we're not out of the woods yet. I agree. We still have some work to be done. I agree. And really, getting vaccinated is probably the best way to protect yourself, your family, and your community. I encourage everyone to get vaccinated. I think uh, there is no question in my mind. The statistics, the medical science all says when you're vaccinated, you're less chance of um, getting contaminated. But if you do, if you are, less serious illness and probably not hospitalized in most cases, not all the time. And so like everything else, there's no 100% fail-safe method, but that 90 to 95% really increases your chance of surviving and not getting really sick. So I ask all the people of my county and the people of Hawaii to consider if you haven't gotten vaccinated, go get vaccinated. It's really helpful. And then don't forget our, our three W's. Wear the mask, good physical distancing, and good sanitation is going to help us throughout this pandemic. It has, and it continues to do. So I want to say mahalo for allowing me this time. Thank you guys for those uh, questions. And uh, I hope one day soon you folks get a chance to visit Maui when all of this is said and done, and we may be able to sit down and, and look at the past and say, wow, what a time. 20 months, 20 months is a <laughs> long time in coming. I am looking forward to that day. Thank you so much, Maui Mayor Mike Victorino, for spending so much time with us this morning. We really do appreciate it. Mahalo to all of you. God bless you. Stay safe and stay healthy. Aloha. Thank you. Aloha. Well, great to hear from him. And it does sound like things in Maui County are improving. We love to hear that. He said the hospital capacity is holding steady. The cases have kind of plateaued right now. And if things continue to improve in the numbers that he's seeing, he's going to be reevaluating things he said on September 30th to perhaps loosen some of the restrictions, particularly he talked about being on the sidelines for sports and also perhaps some of the gathering sizes. But that is something that really depends, he says, on the next basically week and a half to see whether whether or not that will actually be possible. And recognizing that there is talk uh, and concern about the influx in tourists once again. Uh, he's, uh, you know, talked about what they're seeing on Maui, very similar to what we're seeing throughout the state with a decrease in the number of visitors arriving on the island. 
Uh, many attributing that to the governor's call out for visitors not to come to Hawaii. Uh, he actually made that announcement here on this show, and uh, it's made national news and says that there has been a lot of cancellations and that he's also talked to uh, those in the hospitality industry who have mentioned that they don't necessarily see a large uptick during the higher peak uh, holiday season where travel is expected and usually does expect to increase. So uh, he says that they are planning for it. They're preparing for it. They recognize what they saw uh, just a few months ago and trying their best to make sure they keep that under control. Yeah, and in the comments, the same conversation that's happening here on Oahu when it comes to weddings and other private events and people saying, why are local residents being treated differently than perhaps a luau at a hotel? He said that, you know, hotel and other venues that are allowed to have some of those larger gatherings uh, and larger events have much stricter protocols than he says, you know, a backyard wedding where you can't necessarily enforce masks and whatnot. So there still is that tension there. We see it in the comments. He talked about it also what he's facing. Um, and he also talked about how there's a very vocal group on Maui that protests on a regular basis. And we've seen the video of those folks who feel very passionate about not getting the vaccine. He is trying to change those hearts and minds, but it does seem like an uphill battle. Yeah, and someone else that is facing those same questions is the governor. And we're going to be talking to him on Monday about what the state is continuing to do to get out of this latest surge. His thoughts on the restrictions that are currently in place and if there is uh, any moment where he has the idea of when those restrictions may be lifted. And also, as we heard from the lieutenant governor earlier this week, who called on the governor to announce of uh, make an announcement of when Hawaii would be reopened once again to receive visitors. We'll be talking to the governor about those uh, topics and a lot more. Yeah, that's right. So please join us right back here, 1030 on Monday. Have a safe weekend. If you haven't had a chance to get vaccinated, please do consider doing so. It's safe, effective, and there are free sites throughout the state. So until Monday, have a great weekend. Aloha. Aloha. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii was brought to you by Chaminade University.